Mustafa and Ken here. Welcome back to the Alert Medic One podcast. Alert Medic One response. Ken. All right, Moose. What's the number one topic that uh, brings dread to your heart when it comes to EMS? Pediatric trauma arrest. Okay. Uh, I guess I should have prefaced this by saying, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure. So that's like a clinical topic. Uh, Maybe, I guess, in terms of like... Well, we can talk about that, but like... uh, I'd rather not, Yeah, we can. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I guess maybe I should say in terms of like... EMS system stuff, EMS, like where the work, where the job is going, where the work is going, where you see new people versus people that have been in, like, just uh, in terms of system, in terms of like, um, you know, uh, or you know what? Uh, the other thing I would say is like uh, Gray Ryan. Have you read the book Gray Rhino? I have not. Okay, really good book. Um, I would recommend uh, that all of our readers read it. Um, I'm pulling up, I'm blanking on the. Uh, uh, oh, here it is. Yeah, the gray, the gray rhino. How to recognize and act on? Um, hold on, let me. Um, how to recognize and act on the obvious dangers we ignore? So, like, uh, let me give you some perspective. So, like, um, the black swan event is like this disastrous thing event that no one can predict, mm-hmm. right? And the elephant in the room is the thing that everyone knows but doesn't want to talk about. So mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Walker, uh, who wrote this book a while ago, it's a little little dated, but um, it still holds very much true, um, kind of combines those two concepts into the gray rhino. So it's the obvious thing that is a potentially a disaster that no one wants to talk about. Okay. Um, the, what comes to my mind uh, not in terms of anything I have right now, but just as an example, is that one really bad paramedic that no one wants to w- deal with. Mm-hmm. So we just let them do their thing without even trying to educate them, talk to them, and maybe to the point where they don't even know that they're being dangerous. Does that make sense? Yes. So, and I'm not talking about, you know, it doesn't have to be personnel. Definitely mm-hmm. don't, but like in terms of like just EMS system stuff, mm-hmm. what is our gray rhino? Okay. I would say staffing and manpower. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, nation, nationwide, we are running on fumes manpower weight-wise. Um, we're relying on people. Again, this is not necessarily where I work, but but um, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. We're relying on people to backfill on overtime. Places are holding people over, forcing people over. We're forcing people to work outside of their normal titles. You know, this is this is the kind of stuff we're seeing nationwide in EMS. Mm-hmm. So I would say that would be the gray rhino of mm-hmm. EMS right now. Yeah, everyone knows about it, but it, maybe they are talking about it, but not putting forth the effort that needs to be done. I, you know, I feel like that, I feel like every conversation I've heard about this stops here. Right? Like, mm-hmm. would you agree? Like, we say that it's a problem, but yeah. even now, like, 
where does the solution lie? Because at least for public safety entities, right? Mm-hmm. They the way the way governance works in terms of like budgetary procedures is you have a budget, right? And then you every year they you know the executive part of the government has to write up a a, a serve um, a budget goes over to the legislative side. They either have the authority or to change it or like at least a, they have to approve it or deny it, whatever. Add things, track things, you know, whatever. So, and then it gets approved, right? And then whatever, hopefully the changes were, uh, you know, requested, get accepted and you get that thing, mm-hmm. right? How, how do you break that cycle? Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, for me, it it's... Uh, I, I, again, this has nothing to do with anything local. And obviously what Ken and I say here has nothing to do with our, the people that we work for. Uh, the, this has to do with looking into budgetary practices and components of government, um, that need to have fundamental, like we need to find the money somewhere. And, uh, because I'll be honest with you, I, I mean, yes, public safety ends up being some of the most expensive expenditures of local and state government. But at the same time, what else is there, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you the purpose of government, government is to provide public service in various aspects and control – and not control, I'm not going to say that, but, to, uh, you know, to – to have a stable and just society that ha- that provides for the needs uh, to a to a certain point of, of of its citizens, right? So, like public service is is that thing. To that end, when facing market difficulties and stuff like that, I, I think we have to step up and pay. So I agree, pay is a big part. However. I don't think it's all of the story. I think you have to look at the real human aspect of it. Oh, yeah, look absolutely. at the, the systemic issues that we're dealing with in EMS systems across the country. Inability to get off on time. Mm-hmm. Inability to do things like eat and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Poor working conditions. You know, ambulances with AC and heat that maybe are suboptimal. Literally catching on fire. Or literally catching on fire. Um looking at administrative issues. I'm lucky where I work because we don't see things like punitive QA, QI, QM, but there are places out there where the QA, QI, QM process is sometimes used in a less than nice educational way, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've Mm -hmm. all heard stories about that. Sure. Um, So I think these are, are real issues and, 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 and there, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I'm sorry. I was I was just going to say, you know, the, it does come back down in a lot of places to pay as well, though, because that is a huge factor for a lot of places, because you do have places where people are leaving their local ambulance service to go work at Chick-fil-A or McDonald's because they're going to make more money. Do you think that – so to be clear, I'd, um, I, I w- when it came to budgetary practices, I didn't nec- I didn't mean only pay. I meant things like system changes, right? So, system for example, changes, yeah. like um, I keep coming back to a conversation we had with um, uh, uh, assistant chief at a Missouri um, uh, that talked about uh, they were exploring the idea of um, utilizing a pilot model for EMS. So once you hit a certain call cap or a certain transport cap, you're done for the day. 
and creating a system around that. I know it sounds ridiculous, hmm. but I really think we need some innovation at that level. Yeah. You know, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's fascinating. Uh, I have heard actually similar ideas before. Uh, not exactly that. Uh, I've heard, you know, once you work X amount of time on a you know particularly busy unit, maybe reassigning you to a slower unit for a while and, you know, bouncing people around. Um, I think that might help with the burnout, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because that's a real, yeah. real issue. Uh, and I think a lot, of, there was a lot of burnout during COVID, you know, yeah. um, that was, that was a, a rough period for a lot of people. I, and I do think that like the, the busy unit, like when I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like people end up identifying with the unit they're on. They do. Right. So I think that that uh, like rotating people out of units might be a stop point for people. Right. Yeah. Like because of that. But I think alternative scheduling is a huge opportunity. Now, again, it, this doesn't happen without completely turning the current budgetary model on Ted. Right. Like what I'm talking about. Uh, like for, you know, putting limitations on it, like someone, like if this was to even get thought about a lot, a lot of people that are a lot smarter than me would have to sit down and actually talk this through. Right. Mm -hmm. But I can't like, say you're working two days, two nights for off. Mm -hmm. Right. Why can't we make that two, three days, one night. And that one day, eight hours of it is training and education. Right. And why, why not? People would say, well, that's how many, that's, now, uh, what is it? If you have four shifts, uh, yes, 32 hours a week of coverage I need now. Right. Right. And where are you going to pull that from people that we're already busting through our overtime budget? Um, yeah. Um, but I just think that I, I think if people got, if, if me, for example, if I was to able to go, if I was able to train for eight hours, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm in an ICU for eight hours with a doc who's really interested yeah, I, I think that'd be kind of cool. I think I, I think I the if we were to try to make efforts to truly uh, enrich the person behind the the license, right behind the paramedic, I think that could be kind of cool. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, like I always thought that. Like, why can't we make it so that um, the idea actually came from? Uh, you know, I've always heard people. We actually our conversation with your friend, uh, uh, the the former law enforcement officer who said, you know, we have to be experts at all these different things. Um, and, you know, and we, the conversation came up of like jujitsu or whatever. Right. So like, what if train, like every week they were required to do some sort of training and mm-hmm. it was organized at their academy. Why can't that be the case? Right. You know, it doesn't have to be eight hours. Maybe it's four hours. Maybe you have a dedicated, every shift, you have a dedicated two hour floating slot where once you get off this call two hours, you can't get a call. And you have to do, maybe you can take a nap, you can eat, you can use, you know, whatever you got to do. Work out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, uh, it's like mandated in your union contract that right. randomly at the discretion of the officer, right? And it, it, none of this at the discretion of the officer, you cannot, you know, they can tell you not to take it. No, 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 no. If it's hour 22 of our tw- of a 24-hour shift, then you're getting off two hours early. Right. Right? Like it, it's contractually mandated. And I hope they they figured it out, right? Because, you know, I hope they figured it out how to do it. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I feel like they're, and that's just something I thought of off the top of my head. You know, maybe it's a terrible idea, but I, I, we, we're going to have to figure this out. Yeah. you know who's going to suffer? 
the our peers are going to suffer, but also the citizens we serve are going to suffer. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, how do you improve working conditions in general? You know, that's what it really comes down to. Um, I, I think you've put out some good ideas. I think that I I really like your floating two hours off. The problem comes in it. What happens when? During that floating two-hour period, three blocks away, there's a pediatric cardiac arrest, and there's no other ambulance available. You, you, you're, you're on your two hours. You, you're at discretion. But then you can't complain when, you know. But, like, I, I, I got I, I to gotta say that it's not that paramedic's fault that there's a pediatric arrest. It's the system's fault for not having adequate resources. And this paramedic is probably not going to be the one getting sued, but the system will be if I was that mm-hmm. family. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right. Um, you're absolutely right. No, I'm with you. There is no it's easy. Just, there's yeah. difficulties with any any solution. And I'm not saying it's a bad idea because it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're just playing devil's advocate. Absolutely. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I think there need to be – I think there can be perks, you know, like offering things like gym memberships and um, incentives for, you know, health-related things. I don't know exactly how – that would look otherwise other than a gym membership. But I think there should be, uh, I don't know, it's just some sort of way to motivate people to be healthier and happier. Well, you know what? You know what? It's interesting you say that. The floating idea, maybe not not a good thing. What if we made it the first four hours of a shift one day and it was set? And you had over it. You had coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, you had flex schedules where, you know. That's kind of what it, yeah. You know, I think, and. Uh, what if you took that, that eight hours a day and that during that eight hours and maybe it, maybe it was different. Um, maybe it wasn't always your first day. Maybe we can kind of stagger it. So different yeah. crews, you know, but you can backfill that with overtime. And during that eight hours, maybe the first hour is gym time. And then the next six hours are training, and then the last hour is whatever you want before you go to your medic. You know? Yeah, or like uh, you know, and you uh, not or, but like and, just how you have like vacation priority. Maybe the senior person gets to pick which slot they get in the yeah. trick. Sure. I, I you know I don't know something yeah anything something, something. and maybe we provide meals. Yeah. Maybe you have a mandatory thing where for every report you, uh, for every call, you have to have your report done and you have a set amount of, like, you have to get it done. Right. You know, uh, there's no fans or butts. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would, uh, you ever heard of the, like, the lean methodology? I have. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing, there are risks to running public safety entities or public anything like a business completely mm-hmm. because our priority is not the dollar. It's the citizen. That being said, I think there are tenants that are useful that we can utilize. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe anything, anything that's not over. Like if we're spending, I would look at the average amount of money we spend in overtime mm-hmm. and what that cost is. And maybe utilize that money in some other way that 
makes it to the point where, and it's not going to be instantaneous, but makes your workplace so, you know, a, a nicer place to work mm-hmm. and you don't have to, you know, get to the point where you're backfilling. Right. I don't know. I don't know how we incentivize people to work though. That's like a global thing. Yeah. I'd, I'd, Money, I'd, health insurance, um, benefits. Yeah, but know, like, like like you said, they can go to Chick Fil A, man. I know. No, that's why you got to pay more money. Yeah. Maybe 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 your union contracts that the department's going to provide Chick Fil A once a week, and then you know with the raise you got, it's basically like working at Chick Fil A but on an ambulance. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder regular, like, I don't think any union would go for it, but what if you had to go to therapy? I not, don't not, like not, not have to go to therapy. It. Sorry, not mandating. Not, that's not what I meant. But, like, part of the things you could do right. is have a... An allowance for it. Yes. That's what I... Yeah. Because yeah, like a lot of times it's not Instead of going to the co- gym, you go to the, your therapist. Yeah, because it's not... A lot of times it isn't covered by insurance. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I kind of was going at. But then, like, that's paid for. I I think that is a good idea, but it would have to not be through the employer because people do not trust like e- employee assistant programs, EAPs. I've heard many, many people say they will never go to that because they do not trust that whatever they say won't get back to the employer in some fashion. Maybe how maybe how people have like a this never mind. That that this isn't gonna go well. But like I was gonna say maybe how people have a uniform incentive. Or a training incentive. They like have a recreation a th- incentive. Yeah. But then no one's going to use it for therapy, which no. is fine. A healthcare incentive. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But how's that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you police that money, but. Well, you don't have. Like maybe, a maybe you don't. savings account. Yeah. You know? I don't think you should police it. No. I think it's. Medical marijuana. Yeah, that'll go great. <laughs> I just got a random at work. I bet. Oh, really? No. Oh. No, but I will. Oh, oh, oh. Because I said that. I think that's, from what I'm reading, uh, apparently it's going to get a pretty good chance of recreational marijuana getting legalized in Maryland this year. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Yeah. It's going to be on the ballot, right? Is it? Or maybe it's more decriminalization that's going to be on the ballot, like a lesser decriminalization. I should know that. You should probably. Know I thought it's already decriminalized. It is, but they're gonna de- they're gonna increase the amount you can have and the number of plants you can have without being arrested. It's not like a blanket decriminalization. It's like under X amount of ounces is decriminalized, but over X amount of ounces is still criminal. How do you police that? I don't know. In terms of EMS. Well, I mean, right now uh, that's why everybody still has it as a. a fireable offense you know but if it's legal in maryland like if it's legal legal like uh, what do you like what i mean it's legal i mean a lot of things are legal doesn't i mean if my employer said that i can't drink alcohol then they could hold me to that if i signed a contract yeah but like that's been done yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, smoking is a big one. Mar- right. Smoking, smoking is a big one. Yeah. If I sign something that says I'm not going to smoke or vape or use chewing tobacco or whatever nicotine products, and I sign that with the employer, and then the employer finds out I'm doing it, I'm gone. Marijuana is the same way. Was, I guess I'm more so meaning like 
this time next year when the policies haven't caught up. Yeah. But it's legal. Like, obviously, anyone obviously under the influence, right, who reeks like weed, sure. Right. But, like, say you, for whatever reason, say you get in a wreck and you have to do mandatory testing, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming you guys have yeah, it, right? So, um, and that testing involves a haircut, like a hair t- sample. Doesn't weed stay in your hair for, like, forever? Something like that. So, like, yeah. how does that? But like, even if it's in your urine, even if I'm not. If I'm not high right now, but I smoked last week, yeah, and I test positive in a urinalysis, I could still test positive in a urinalysis. For sure. the record, I don't smoke marijuana, yeah. But if I did, that's how that would work, yeah. Um, then I could be fired, yeah. If if I violate, you know, depending on the policy, yeah. Again, it's just it's just like if I signed a paper that says. Smoking cigarettes is a fireable offense, and there's a picture of me at a wedding smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. Then that's that's lights out for me, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it doesn't doesn't matter what the law is. The law says I can smoke cigarettes and drink beer, but if I sign papers saying that I'm not going to smoke cigarettes or drink beer, and then there's a picture of me smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, know. I mean, and I guess uh, uh, in the world where you signed a contract, yeah. But I think that's different. I think realistically, most places aren't going to do that. Yeah, or maybe they do. I don't know. Well, I mean, I know where I work. It's it's stated uh, what drugs are tested for and not allowed. So, I mean, essentially, that's where I work. Because you it's obviously don't deal. want anyone operating under the influence sure obviously our citizens deserve the you know way better than that you know they deserve the best but i don't know at the risk of devolving into a political conversation (laughs) or a moral conversation i don't know i just it's just interesting to me it is yeah i mean i i have i have very strong opinions on the subject which are definitely not being accurately conveyed through this conversation, but um, the reality is if your employer has a set of stipulations that you agree to, then that's the employer's stipulations, you know? I mean, if you sign a contract, then that's a contract. I would be interested in seeing... uh so in places where medic, uh, no, where whatever drugs are legal, I'd be interested in seeing the policy that, like, say, EMS in Amsterdam has. So I couldn't tell you about Amsterdam. I can tell you on, like, the new to EMS subreddit, which I follow pretty mm-hmm. closely. Every single day there are multiple posts about, I'm about to join EMT class, but I smoke weed and it's legal in my state. Is this a problem? And the answer unequivocally every time is yes, it's a problem. You got to stop. Okay. Yeah. And part of it has to do with the Medicare funding because it's still a schedule one drug. Sure. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Ron. But no, how it no, but you know how it is uh, in Amsterdam or Portugal or you know somewhere else. I don't know. It's yeah. a very good question. Yeah, because alcohol is easy in the sense that 
it goes out of your system in a set amount of time. Right. And maybe weed does. I don't know. I don't know the pharmacokinetics and dynamics of weed, but I don't know. It's I know it can stay in your system for a while though. Mm-hmm. You know, like a month or so. Depending but but on like how I don't think it can. Re- I don't think it. And I think part of the problem, from my understanding, that that people have struggled with is you can't do like a breathalyzer for it because there's no difference in the metabolites for whether it's. Uh, recent active use in your system mm-hmm. or if it's just in your system because you used it a, a month ago why not just go off of the like the the physiological or not the or like the the person's acting then well i mean you can do that uh, you know, certainly because like if it's not if it's not altering how they're working then who cares right yeah you know i guess the question would be how are you gauging that it's very subjective. Like, are you making um, them put like square pegs and round holes and right. seeing if they try or like, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult question. And I think there really needs to be a way to determine whether somebody is actually impaired by it or not. And I don't yeah. know if there's a scientific way to do that. I think that yeah. that's a major issue. Um, because, you know, even like a field sobriety test, you know, I feel like that's not the most scientific thing in the world. That's why there's breathalyzers, mm-hmm. you know. And like, there's long established criteria for, you know, what level of alcohol does what to an average individual. Right. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Because I, I imagine federal legalization is hap- is coming. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's long overdue, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, come on, you know. Right. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's it's interesting paradigm for, you know, for EMS. I mean, both from yeah. the working conditions perspective, but also from the patient's perspective, yeah. right? You have people that are, you know, what is it? Uh, op- um, uh, cannabinoid-induced uh, nausea. Yeah, hyperemesis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nausea. Can't believe I said that. Yeah, thank you for being right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it's... It is fascinating. Um, I don't know what the answer is. We've gotten a little off the rails, but I like it. Yeah. I no. like where these conversations go. Yeah. Um, and honestly, if it were legal, I think we'd have a happier workforce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting. I don't know. I don't know where that goes. Yeah. I think uh, I think we're definitely gonna have to be. I mean, I do not. The meaning of this does not. I, I'm not condoning that these two things. But going back to our initial conversation <laughs> about workforce issues and stuff, I, I, we're gonna have to be innovative. Yeah. If we're gonna be sustainable, we're gonna have to be innovative because our citizens deserve better, but the people that work with us deserve better too. And yeah, you know, um, yeah. I don't know. We're coming up on half an hour. I think we're okay. uh, should probably finish up. But and, you know, going back to one thing you said, I I really do encourage you know people if they're in any way struggling, get a therapist because yeah. it's a very good thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that would be a good thing for employers and unions to incentivize. Yeah. And how do you do that? I mean, if you have insurance, then if you have your wallet, uh, go to your wallet and take a look at that number. That's me. Sorry. Okay. And um, call that number and say, hey, I need a health, a mental health therapy yep. or a therapist, and they'll help you out, right? Yep. They'll get you somebody. Um, if you don't have insurance, uh, then I know that there's a ton of, like, telehealth uh, options. That's still you. 
Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's uh, yeah. Um, uh, to and if you just Google how to get therapy, you know. Yeah. Hey, I, another thing you can do the the way I did it, I told my primary care physician. Mm-hmm. I said. I think I need a therapist. I'm having issues right now. Mm-hmm. And I was referred to someone in network. And if you don't have a patient, uh, a primary care doctor, patient first, we'll do like my primary care. I don't have a primary care doctor. I go to a patient first is my primary care. Yeah. And um, it works for now until I find somebody. Yeah. Maybe it. Yeah. So cool. You want to finish this out? Thank you everybody for listening to Alert Medic One. It's been a wonderful day here with you. We hope you have a safe and productive evening or morning or wherever you are, whenever you are, whatever place, time, universe, reality. We we really don't know. Plane. Plane of existence. It's mister it's mysterious. Um <laughs> thank you for listening to Alert Medic One. Please leave us a like, a rating, or a review. Check us out on social media. Be safe. We'll see you next time on Alert. Medic One. You've been listening to the Alert Medic One podcast, the premier emergency medical services podcast with your hosts, Mustafa Sadiq and Ken Sanner.